All right. Hello, everyone. We be live. I hope we have good audio in the live chat. Let me see. Everything is good. Yeah, everything is working. So I'm going to be trying to review the, be reviewing this video of a debate between Muhammad Hijab and Rabbi Shmuley on the Piers Morgan show. I hope my audio is okay. I hope everything is working fine. Let me just make sure that everything is working. Guys, let me know. Let me turn this off. Okay, cool. Now everything is working fine. All right. So this is this has been a, an explosive debate. A lot of people have been responding to this debate on Twitter, on YouTube, and everywhere else. But there's a lot of points about it that I think um, are not being brought up. So I thought that I should just do a stream because a lot of the response videos to this, I think, is not touching on some important aspects of what Muhammad Hijab was trying to do and the sneaky ways that he tries to get around the question that is being asked. And when he's cornered, I, I kind of, because I go around the community and I listen to the community and I know their tactics, I know when he is pressured into answering a question, eventually when he knows that he has to answer it, the way he answers it with a non-answer is pretty clever. And I noticed that most people don't notice that. And even like Piers Morgan sometimes doesn't understand why he feels like he got an answer, but he didn't actually get an answer. So one thing that I notice, um, one of the most common things I see is how do you not condemn Hamas, for example, but looking like you condemned Hamas. So you want to have it both ways. You want to have it, uh, you're, you're on a mainstream television. You want to be invited on Piers Morgan and so, uh, some other important mainstream media, right? But at the same time, so you cannot act like you condone what Hamas did, but at the same time, you have a major Muslim following that, you know, a, a huge portion of them are sympathized with Hamas and you don't want to alienate them. So how could you have it both ways? So this is one of the tricky things that happens. I don't know if we're going to get to that. We'll, we'll try to get to as much as possible. But if we don't get to the rest of it, I will do parts two and three and four just so because this is such an important debate. It's a historic debate. It just brings a lot of things into light and makes you know analyzing it i think it will clarify a lot of a lot of um important notes about how these things are debated online on social media and mainstream media so if you want to see the other parts of the this analysis also please make sure you subscribe and hit the bell notification because when we when you go live if you're subscribed youtube doesn't necessarily tell you that we're live so you have to also hit the bell notification so that youtube actually tells you that we're going live so make sure you do that and also please please like the video right now like the stream so that more people see this analysis because i really do think that a lot of the analysis that we do here on this channel i don't see it other in other places and i think it's what we're doing here is worth uh, being seen by more people so if you think the same please like the stream so that we grow a little bit so, yeah, I see people in the live chat, guys. People are saying hi. People are saying salam. Hi, guys. Salam, hello, and shalom. Um, cool. 
Make sure, yeah, guys, and also Tesla is here. Tesla is in the background highlighting your comments. Again, the comments are that are being highlighted. They're being picked by Tesla. I'm not, if, if something uh, controversial gets highlighted, um, I, it's, it's, it's on him. It's on Tesla. It's not, it's not on me. Anyway, so let's get on. Let's start reviewing this video. Tonight on Facebook. Oh, wait, this is very low audio. Let me increase the audio. Let me know how uh, the audio level and everything is. But on sense. Tonight on Piers Morgan Uncensored, Israel at war, the uncensored debate. Mohammed Hijab is a Muslim philosopher, scholar, and YouTuber whose first appearance on the show was viewed by more than 8 million people. Rabbi Shmuley Botiak has been called the most famous rabbi in America. He is the international best-selling author of Kosher Hate and The Israel Warrior. Both men are passionate, both men are influential, and they both have vehemently opposing views. Tonight, they go uncensored and head-to-head bringing together two very opinionated, passionate, influential people, very opposing views, and we're going to have a proper debate, and we're going to see if somewhere there is perhaps it. more that we can agree on than we first imagined. So thank you for joining me, gentlemen. We tossed a coin before we came on air tonight, and uh, actually you won the, the, the toss, um, and you said you want to go second. I so, defer to my, my brother. And the way this will work, uh, Mohammed, we have four sections okay. of this debate. You see from the very beginning, okay, the rabbi is trying to make this friendly. Okay, so he, look at the strategy. You have to understand that every second of this debate, Muhammad Hijab and Rabbi Shmuley, they all have their fans and followers. And when they're deciding how to react and what to say and their body language and everything is based on a lot of times it's based on what they think their audience likes to see, right? So representing Jewish people, you and given that there's so much Jewish hatred in the world, it's obviously uh, good to act, you know, friendly, look like you're having, you're coming in with good faith. You're not here to fight. So obviously, you know, you know, you can see the rabbi just saying, you know, I defer to my brother, referring to Muhammad Hijab as his brother. But you can see Muhammad Hijab not even looking at him, having he has his hands crossed, looking, trying to look very alpha and powerful and non-friendly. Because obviously, to Muhammad Hijab's audience, any form of friendship or sympathy or anything like that to a Zionist, to a Zionist Jew, okay, so they act like they're not. Uh, they don't hate Jews, but obviously they do. But this one specifically is a rabbi, is a Jew, and it's also a Zionist. He's pro-Israel. There is no way, there is no way any display of good faith or friendship will be perceived well by Muhammad Hijab's audience. That would be that's a huge taboo. So Muhammad Hijab, even even for the sake of debate, he he cannot afford showing any form of you know, friendship or any form of sympathy or any form of anything nice. There's no way that he would do that because that would be, that would alienate, that a lot of his audience would hate that, to do that to somebody like that. Um, oh, so we got a super chat. Uh, so Noman became a member again. He came back to his membership. Thank you so much, Noman. Appreciate that. And we also have, Animation saying this is not a super chat. Well, animation, I'm sorry to tell you, but it actually is. It is. Guys, I re I'm really grateful for the super chat. So if you do give us super chats, I'm like, sure, I'll read them. Thank you. All right, let's go. 
with the rest of the debate. Murder my my brother. And the way that yeah, again, animation is saying Muhammad Hijab is not even looking at him exactly. Like he he wouldn't even turn his body. He wouldn't even yeah. The the toss, um, and you said you want to go second. I defer so, to my, my brother. And the way this will work, uh, Muhammad, we have it. four sections. Look at that face. Look at that face. Not even, oh my God, that's disgusting. It's so disgusting. ...of this debate. And at the start of each one, you'll both get one minute uninterrupted to say what you want to say about each of the themed uh, titles of each block. So you go first, and at the end of your minute, you'll hear a sound, and when you hear that, uh, you end, and then a rabbi Shmueli gets his chance to speak. So the first theme is a simple one. Are Hamas to blame? You have a minute, Mohammed, from now. From one perspective, Hamas started the battle because, uh, obviously, from October 7th, even they themselves title it to final Al-Aqsa or the flooding of Al-Aqsa. But from another perspective, if you really look at it from an international law perspective, we're talking about 1967, we're talking about resolution, Syria Resolution 242, in which it is actually stated that um, Israel is in a belligerent state because they're occupying the West Bank, East Jerusalem and Gaza. And they have been, so therefore the war has been continual for a very long time according to international law. But let's remove Hamas from the... Okay, so completely avoid the question, right? So is Hamas to blame? So instead of answering that question, he looked at two different perspectives about who started the war. Who started the war is a different question compared to whether or not you can blame Hamas or not. Um, first of all, if you want to keep going back, you could, or who started what, you could go all the way back to ancient history. This is like a useless um, exercise. It's a useless um, analysis. But if you actually want to look at this modern conflict and what's happening, uh, technically, uh, the war, what, who started, I mean, here's the thing. The, 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 some people could argue, I don't want to argue like that, the people who started the war were the Arab countries that attacked Israel at the very day of its foundations. That that's when the, the, the war started. But again, I don't want to do a collectivist uh, blame game because whoever started the war back then is, has very little to do with what we're dealing with right now. What's the best solution? What's the best path forward right now is separate from who did what back in 1948. Um, again, completely sidestepping the question, uh, pivoting away from what the actual question is. Remember, if the question is, can you blame Hamas? And Muhammad Hijab is answering with, well, Israel is in war, is in constant war right now because of the occupied territories, for example, the West Bank and the Golan Heights and whatever I don't know which which parts that he, he mentioned, uh, but if you're in response to, can you blame Hamas? You say Israel is in war anyways. That kind of is suggesting that Hamas. I mean, it's not kind of. It's basically suggesting that Hamas had the right to attack, to do the attack on October seventh. That's what I would get that because. Remember, I'm not. Tell me if I'm making uh, if I'm going too far with this. The question is, is Hamas to blame? And you're saying, well, in, from one perspective, Hamas started the war, but from another perspective, because Israel is occupying the West Bank, they are in war. All, they they are the ones who are in constant war. So, are you saying Hamas is not to blame for killing 1,400 civilians, including children? Because 
Israel is occupying the West Bank? Is that what he's saying? Because that was the question. That was the question. The question is not the question was not who started the war. The question is, is Hamas to blame? And immediately he's he wants to go to a different question because he knows this is a losing battle for him. If you constantly focus on because they support like let me be honest, they support Hamas. Him and his audience support Hamas, but they shy away from saying it because they know this is taboo from on mainstream media supporting Hamas is taboo. So he quickly wants to touch on it, answer it with a non-answer, but then quickly change the subject because he doesn't want to stay in the discussion on whether he blames Hamas for killing all those civilians. We got a, another super chat that I want to uh, read. No man is saying, how is that not a super chat? Okay. Thank you so much, No man, for the super chat. Anyways, let's continue. Situation altogether. Let's remove them. What do you have? You have. But let's remove Hamas from the situation altogether. Let's remove them. What do you have? You have the West Bank. And what do you have in the West Bank? You have 187 children who have been put in prisons. They have been put in prisons according to Bet Salam, without charge. You have 44 children before October the 7th that have been killed before October the 7th, in just 2023 alone. So if you remove Hamas from the equation, what you have, you have the West Bank. You, you remove dominance from the equation, you have the West Bank, and what you have, you have occupation, you have settlement, which you condemned, rightfully so. You condemned that on your show, the settlement's there. Okay, that is complete whataboutism. First of all, um, the the settlements in the West Bank should be condemned. They are illegal under international law. And many of this, I, I don't know the exact numbers, but I know this. I know many of the Jewish settlers in the West Bank are religious nut jobs and are extremely racist and violent. And they have been very, very, they have done criminal, they have had criminal behavior against uh the Palestinians in the West Bank, and that should be condemned. And I also know that the Israel government is supporting many of these settlers in the West Bank. The entire settlements in the West Bank completely, I think anybody that follows this should, it's easy, it should be easy for you to condemn the settlements in the West Bank and also the behavior of a lot of Jewish settlers there completely. There's no, there's no justification for it. Easy to condemn. Easy to condemn. But that has nothing to do with the subject at hand. Yes, without Hamas, there are actions by the Israeli government that should be condemned. And there are certain Israelis that are not even part of the government that do racist and violent behavior. What does this got to do with the fact that what Hamas did on October 7th in Israel is needs to be condemned as an act of genocide and mass slaughter how why can't you just condemn that why can't you why do you have to do this is complete whataboutism why can't you just come and say i condemn i condemn hamas and their actions on october 7th why is that so hard like you will never hear that sentence from muhammad hijab the best you could get is like well, if anybody kills innocent civilians, I will condemn that. You know why? Because then you will, you, the way, the, the reason why you would say that is because maybe 
we don't do we actually have evidence that Hamas did that on October 7th? That would be the argument. I mean, you can't trust the Israeli state, you can't trust the Zionist state, the Zionist regime. So we don't know what actually Hamas does. So so that's that's what that would be their argument. So they would never come out and say, I condemn Hamas. And that should be a test for you. That should be a litmus test for anybody because it's so easy, it's so obvious that what Ham- Hamas is a terrorist group that the, and their actions are vile, disgusting, and needs to be condemned. Anybody who cannot say that and, and tries to go around that, that's a red flag. They are pro-genocide or, you know, anti-Semitic. The, these are dangerous people. People who, who cannot, and they act like it's your fault. They act, because they don't want to answer the question, they act like you are asking the wrong question. But this is the best question. They're like, oh my God, you just want to focus on Hamas. Yes, I do want to focus on Hamas because it's the best test for me to see what kind of a person you are. If you cannot see, I I am pro-Israel. I am pro-Israel. If you ask me, do you condemn settlements in the West Bank? Yes, I condemn the settlements in the West Bank. Easy. I don't have to say like, well, but you have to consider, well, let me say this before I answer this question. Well, let's take Israel out of the, no, easy, easy. as As a Zionist myself, and as a pro-Israel, as somebody who's strongly pro-Israel, if you ask me, do you condemn settlements in the West Bank? Yes. Done. Yes. Do you condemn the behavior of many of the settlers in the West Bank, the way they behave towards the Palestinian population in the West Bank? Yes. One word answer. Yes. Not that it's remotely even close to what Hamas said, but yes, I condemn it. Now, I ask you, as somebody who, um, and I, oh, by the way, I'm pro-Israel and I'm also pro-Palestine. I'm pro-Palestine and pro-Israel at the same time, okay? Um, not, and, and I want Palestine to eventually one day become a country. I asked Mohammed Hijab, as somebody who claims to be pro-Palestine and pro-human, pro-people's lives, right? Do you condemn Hamas? He would not say yes. He would just jump around. He would dance around that question. Do you condemn Hamas? They will not be able to say yes. Anyways, let's continue. Okay. Rabbi Shmurdi, one minute to respond. Resolution 242 in the UN doesn't mention a single thing about aggre- aggression or aggressor. That- oh, wait. We have a, is, this, is this our actual apostate prophet here? Is it the real apostate prophet? Is it our apostate prophet? I see. Guys, is that the real? May the real apostate prophet. Oh, yes, it is. Amazing. Okay, let me... Tesla, please star every single comment for a post, from a posted prophet. Star it. So Tesla. Um, a posted prophet is asking, why are you shaking? You got a vibrator in your pocket. <laughs> we haven't gotten to that part, a posted prophet. We will get to that part. Yes. Yeah. But no, I'm not shaking. I'm not shaking. That is a total fabrication. And it speaks about disputed territories. But let's be clear. The occupied. Uh, so let me actually see. Um. Let, let me see the response. The, the rabbi has a good response. Okay. response. Resolution 242 in the UN doesn't mention a single thing about aggre- aggression or aggressor. That is a total fabrication, and it speaks about disputed territories. But let's be clear. Right. So, yeah, he's right. Based on international laws, um, the you know settlements in the West Bank are condemned, but it's not, it's not considered, it doesn't act, it doesn't describe it as an act of aggression. It's just say it's it says it says the settlements in the West Bank are illegal. By the way, guys, when I say when I say the settlements in the West Bank are illegal, the the international laws that I am using to say that 
the settlements in the West Bank are illegal are the same international laws that are used to defend Israel as a country. Because is it's by abiding by and respecting international laws that we have the world peace and stability that we have um, relative to what we have before we had before World War II. The world, I know it's hard to believe looking at the news and seeing war everywhere, but the world is a much more stable and peaceful and more secure place because of the international laws that we have right now. Um, and those international laws that are the standards that I try to support and I encourage you guys to also support recognizes Israel as an official nation state, right? So when I say I support Israel, it's because I support every other nation state as well, including Israel. It's because I respect border integrity and the, you know, and the status of the nation state recognized by the United Nations of every single country. And not only I recognize Israel as a nation state because it's, 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 it's the law, uh, but I also recognize her right to defend herself, and, and which includes every other country as well. But let's continue. <laughs> a person prophet is saying, I learned about lubricants in this debate. Yeah, well, those are, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yes. The occupier of Gaza is Hamas. They won an election in 2006, had a civil war with Mahmoud Abbas, took the Palestinian Authority officials, threw them off buildings, killed Muslims, killed Arabs. Mahmoud Abbas is afraid to go to Gaza. He's terrified of Hamas. He hasn't been there since 2007. And let's be clear, Hamas is an abomination to Islam. Sultan Salah al-Adin, the greatest Muslim conqueror of all. Not true, not true. Okay, so Rabbi just lost me there. Hamas is not a disgrace to Islam. Islam is a disgrace to Islam, okay? Is disgrace to Islam? Every single thing about Islam is a disgrace to Islam. Hamas is a pretty accurate representation of what Islam teaches you. So this is this whole idea of trying to... I mean, but I understand why he feels like he needs to do that, right? Because we have the Abrahamic Accords. Um, there's a lot of uh, unity now between Arab countries. Like the leaders of Arab countries are trying to get have normalized relationship with Israel. So uh, it's not very popular right now for Israeli people who support Israel within Israel to go on this anti-Islam. Uh, well, that's our job, right? So they they are not comfortable speaking against Islam because Arab. Arab countries and Israel are really, really trying to normalize the relationship. So they have, they are. This new attempt is to try to separate the enemies of Israel from Islam, which I I think this is unfortunate because the problem is Islam. The problem we are having, the reason why we're having this problem is Islam. Yeah, exactly. Muhammad is a, a disgrace for Islam. Yeah, and Apostle Prophet agrees with me. He had the same reaction, it seems, than, than I did. Yeah, but that, that, that I had. Hamas. By the way, guys, make sure, I, I mean, not that Apostle Prophet channel needs my support, but 
you guys, if you are not sub subscribed to that Posted Profit channel, you're missing a lot. So make sure you subscribe to that channel. Of Hamas. He hasn't been there since 2007. And let's be clear, Hamas is an abomination to Islam. Sultan Salah al-Adin, the greatest Muslim conqueror of all time, after whom the main artery in, in Gaza is named. Why is he celebrating conqueror? Like, this is such an Islamic mindset. Oh, the greatest conqueror. Like, are we celebrating conquerors now in the... In, in modern in our modern times this is not something to celebrate conquering means like means killing people and civilian and you know is pillaging and raping and how how is this something that you're celebrating greatest conqueror like like okay so like are we going to celebrate adolf h and are we going to celebrate Chinggis khan now are we going to celebrate like what is this why is this such a why is this a virtue to be a conqueror this is such an old traditional standard name he said that you have to allow all prisoners to be redeemed he would never hold hostages this is and remember the okay so he will never hold hostages what are you talking okay so salah din he will never hold hostages you know who holds hostages and kills them and sells the women and children to slavery the prophet of islam so you're like, oh, Salah Hardin. Like he's like, he's trying to save Islam from, look, look, look. Now we have to talk. We have to teach a rabbi about how bad Islam is. So he's like, Hamas disgraces Islam. And as a way to show to you how great Islam is, he goes to Salah Hardin. Okay, rabbi, if you want to show what Islam represents, don't go to Salah Hardin. Go to Muhammad. Okay, Muhammad. I, you know the story. I'm, you're a rabbi. You must know what Muhammad did to Jews. You must know the story of Banu Gareza. You must know that Muhammad not only held captives, while they were captives, he executed 700 to 900 Jews, collectively punished an entire tribe. That's what he did to the men and what he did to the women and children. He sold them. The prophet of Islam sold the, the entirety of the women and children of a Jewish tribe to slavery and bought weapons and horses with it. He sold Jewish children. Is that not a disgrace to Islam, Rabbi? Dear Rabbi, did you know Muhammad sold Jewish? You're, you're trying to defend Jewish people? You're defending Islam? You're defending a religion where the prophet sold Jewish children, children into slavery to buy weapons? Is that not a disgrace? Yeah, somebody's, uh, uh, I, don't, uh, I don't know how to spell your name, but saying somebody's saying, didn't Joshua also kill a whole population in Canaan by order of Yahweh? Yes, yes, you know, you know? Their religion is genocidal. You think I'm defending other religions? Yeah, they're all genocidal. Judaism is genocidal. Christianity is genocidal. Islam is genocidal. Hinduism is definitely genocidal. Go read the Gita. Is absolutely genocidal. But Islam is... Okay, it, all of them are genocidal. The problem with Islam is, is that religion that is more obvious that you're supposed to follow <laughs> okay it's the religion the other religions were like okay well that seemed like something specific for a certain time or like hinduism they don't take their scriptures very seriously as a way to life islam is genocidal like all of these other religions 
but it, it's also very specifically tells you that you need to follow the way of Muhammad. So that's what makes it a little bit, um, not a little bit, a lot more dangerous. So Apostle Prophet is saying, I think the rabbi is just trying to be diplomatic with Muslim leaders. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. It's because of the whole Abrahamic accord and stuff. But but we have to call it out. I know what he's trying to do. I understand what he's trying to do. But I also understand that we have to call it out as nonsense. This is BS. You know? So I, he does what he does for whatever mission he has. I come and say, Islam, the entirety of Islam is a disgrace. And as a positive prophet often says, stay away from Islam. Right? So let's continue. Islam is about fair treatment of prisoners of war. Hamas beheaded Thai non-Jewish workers. You asked in your last appearance here for real uh, first-hand sources. I'm the first-hand. Look at his face. L like he looks like he has a stick up his ass or something. Look at he's like, look at me. I'm strong. I'm alpha. I am. I am very strong. I hate this Jewish man right next to me. I am. I will look. I will not even look at him. Please notice how strong I am. Please notice how alpha I am being. That's the entire, that's, that's his body language the entire time. I saw it in Kibbutz Alumim. They raped women. They had sex with dead women's okay. bodies. They are evil and up, do the okay. right thing and call them evil. Up, All right, up. you've had a minute each. Look, he never, he doesn't even turn his head. He's like, time's up, time's up, time's up. It's it's interesting because he, okay, look Bodies, at him. They are look evil and up, do the up, right thing. Look, he doesn't even turn his head once to look at him in the eye. The level of hatred, the level of hatred is so disgusting. It's so vile. Then call them evil. Look at that. All right, we've had a minute each. Okay, we've got a, a passionate start. Mohammed, let me ask you about Hamas. I want to first, before you do that, I want to commend you, Piers, mm -hmm. honestly, because bringing me on for the second time, I have to commend you. And the fact that you actually condemned the settlements is very good. But people want to know, do you think the IDF are a terrorist organization? Uh, no. You don't think that they're a terrorist organization? Okay, well, if you look at the UN definition of terrorist organization, they say killing civilians for political reasons. So you're asking my opinion. Okay, so this is, he, Piers Morgan falls in a trap here. So he wants to, so Mohammed Hijab is trying to um, uh, tickle Piers Morgan's balls by saying, like, oh, you, I commend you, I commend you, this is great, uh, as a way to try to steal the show, try to buy favors from Piers Morgan and just make this, you know, because he's, he's the one who's moderating the debate. And now he wants to just move around the, the, the rabbi and just have a conversation with Piers Morgan. Just make him make himself the highlight of the show. I want to know? Look at this. Do you think the IDF are a terrorist organization? Uh, okay, so here's the thing. He wants to. He also wants to quit. He's doing two things at the same time. First of all, his audience is going to love this because everybody asks, "Do you consider Hamas to be a terrorist organization?" They are. They, he wants to turn the question around and be like, "Oh, you always challenge us to say if Hamas is a terrorist." I am going to turn this question on you. Is IDF a, a terrorist organization? Notice how he doesn't even answer whether Hamas is a terrorist organization or not. But now he, his audience are going to love this because they're like, oh, they always, they always try to corner us. Like, condemn Hamas, condemn Hamas, say Hamas is a terrorist. Well, now we're going to do the same thing to them. Say IDF is a terrorist. So he's, he, he's appealing to his audience. But at the same time, he, he wants to change the conversation of, uh, of him with Piers Morgan. So it's supposed to be a debate between the rabbi and Muhammad Hijab. It's supposed to be a conversation between them, but he wants to steal this conversation, completely turn it around into just him and Piers Morgan. 
And let's see if, and the unfortunate thing is that Piers Morgan falls for this and starts a conversation. He has, he has the rabbi there for a debate and they ignore him for a while. Um, I think we got another super chat. Let me see. Would you like to talk to an atheist Israeli? Yes, of course. Of course, I would like to talk to an atheist. I, I have I've been to Israel. I've, I've I traveled to Israel and I had many discussions with. I have I've recorded a lot of my discussions with um, atheists in Israel um, and also Jewish people in Israel. So it's on it's on my channel somewhere. You could go find it. Um, yeah. Oh, Apostle Prophet saying, we're going to talk to Rabbi Shmoli tonight about this, by the way. Oh, my God. Apostle Prophet, can you put? Can you also put me in touch with the rabbi? And also, can you tell Destiny to have me on his show, please? Because I want to talk about... Um, oh, Apostle Prophet, can I also come on your show and talk to you about why Iranians support Israel? Um, because there's uh, among the Middle Eastern countries, um, Iranian people support Israel the most. The highest population of pro-Israelis are in Iran. And if you want to have a conversation about why that is the case and the historical context and why so many Iranians support Israel, I would like to come on your channel and talk to you about that. Oh, yes to all. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much. Why? <laughs> oh, the rabbi is Iranian? Does he speak Persian? I would like to I would like to bring him on the Persian channel as well because, guys, I have a Persian show. Maybe I could come and speak Persian to him. Um, yeah, also, guys, I'm gonna go on my Twitter account and open my DMs to everybody. So, if you guys want to bring somebody to, to talk to me, you um, I'm gonna go change the settings so that everybody could message me on my Twitter. Uh, so, message me there about any arrangements that you want me to have with anybody on the, on the on this channel. Anyways, let's continue. Uh, no, you don't. I think that I don't, okay, no. well, if you look at the UN definition of terrorist organization, they say killing civilians for political so you're my opinion. No, if, I, if I the UN definition, are, so the, according to the UN definition, is okay. So here's the here's the thing: is IDF a terrorist organization? IDF cannot is IDF a, it, it cannot be because it's part of the state. And even if I let's say even if IDF was pure evil, based on how you define terrorist organization, based on the standards that exist, uh, you cannot consider the state to be terrorist a terrorist organization this is why even like the islamic republic of iran they call it a state sponsor of terror they don't call the islamic republic of iran a terrorist organization that's not because you're not saying that they don't do terrorist activities but that's just because how words are defined no nobody says the islamic republic i'm not saying the islamic republic of iran and idf are the same but i'm just saying that based because they're a state they will never fit under the definition of a terrorist organization so and he, the idf um I, I i do agree that the idf has done many things that could be condemned before. I have examples. I have specific examples of certain actions by the IDF that should be condemned as criminal. Uh, the problem is that it every one of those examples cannot be generalized to the entirety of what the IDF tries to do and how it operates. There are examples of actions that you could condemn. It's different from Hamas because if you're trying to com compare Hamas with the IDF, you could see in Hamas's goals and its charter, its foundation, its in entire 
purpose of Hamas is to completely um, annihilate uh, Israel and Jewish people, not just in Israel, but everywhere else, right? That is their man. That is their goal. And they're not shy about it. So you could consider Hamas. So whether they're terrorists or not terrorists, Hamas is a terrorist group. But even if IDF was evil, you could not call it a terrorist group because of what I mentioned. But if you want to condemn, if you want to say whether, if you want to compare IDF to Hamas, that's the difference. When it comes to uh, crimes or morally questionable actions by IDF, they are specific examples that you could point to be like, yeah, that was, that was effed up. That was horrible. That, I condemn that. But you cannot condemn the entirety of IDF. The IDF, this is going to trigger a lot of people, but the IDF, uh, based on the information that we have so far, is the most, is the army that has done more than any army in the history of modern warfare to avoid killing civilians. That is hard to believe for a lot of people, given that so many civilians are dying in Gaza, uh, but the entirety, you know, not the entirety, but the main responsibility of that is because Hamas ma tries to make, make it very, very difficult for the IDF not to be able to take actions against Hamas without killing civilians, right? But I, the IDF, compared to in any other war, like there's no example of any other military in any other, any, any other war uh, for an army in modern, in modern times at least, to go to do this much to try to reduce reduce civilian casualties, I know that triggers a lot of people, especially with all these horrible images and videos coming out of Gaza. It's hard to believe that IDF is doing that, but that is the truth. I could go into the more details about that uh, and analyze that for you if you want in other shows, but that is the truth. So it's hard to for you to even compare compare the IDF to Hamas, given that Hamas's goal is to completely annihilate all civilians that are Jewish and Israeli, even non-Jewish Israelis. That's their goal. That is their goal. That is their, uh, that is their entire purpose. Compare that to IDF, which is going out of its way uh, and doing more than any army in the world to try to reduce civilian casualties. This is night and day. Yeah. Oh, okay. So we have good news, guys. Apostate Prophet is saying, I will inform my handler at Musad about your defense of Islam to increase your pay. Keep it up. Oh, oh my God. Thank you. Well, thank you very much, Apostate Prophet. I really do need, I know everybody who supports Israel is getting Zionist money, but for some reason, I'm not getting any of that. So please, uh, Make contact to all the people, all the Zionists that are supporting us, uh, supporting pro-Israeli content creators. Because somehow I've been, I've been left out of all of this. So please, I've heard like I don't understand why everybody keeps saying that there's a lot of Jewish money out there for people that support Israel, but I haven't received. I mean, I did receive a few shekels here today on the super chat, but that's about it. That's all I'm getting. Oh, I meant Israel. Okay, yeah. So you meant Israel. Yes. Okay. So I don't know. <laughs> okay. Let's continue. It's killing civilians for political objectives. Why are they not terrorist organizations? Well, it's, it, well, you've asked me a straight question. I don't yes. think they are terrorist So when you see babies like this, the ones, who kill, the ones who kill babies like this are not terrorists. It's horrific. 
So again, here's the thing. This is this is um, a narrative that you see everywhere, and it's such an easy point for them to make because and it it works if you don't think about it. It really works if you don't think about it. It's 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 like imagine if you have somebody that has um has a, a bomb vest and is in a market and you go uh, is trying to blow himself up and kill i don't know a hundred civilians in the market right and you are i don't know uh, you're aiming at this guy and you, you like you're a soldier trying to take this guy out but the guy is holding a child in his hand right and you are trying to take him out because you know if he blows up his bomb vest a hundred people will die and you take him out but but even though he's holding a child in his arm and you take him out and you kill the child as well should i go around and take a picture let's say i then go take a picture of that dead child and go around and be like well you killed him do you is this person not a murderer is this person not a murderer like if i go around would that be fair would you do you guys think that would be fair if I show the picture of that child and go around and be like, the person who shot this child is a murderer. Do you not condemn this? Do you not condemn this? Well, I do not condemn. I mean, I do condemn it, but I blame the person that was holding the child in his arm uh, with the bomb vest. So, yeah, the picture of a the dead child that Muhammad Hijab is holding, I do condemn that. I condemn Hamas. The, the murderer of that child in that picture is Hamas. There is you. It, it makes absolutely absolutely no sense for you to expect Israel not to respond to the October seventh attack with any without with no military action in Gaza. Here, here's the thing. I'm pretty sure that the, the IDF has made mistakes in Gaza, specific mistakes that should be condemned. I don't know which ones because it needs to be analyzed. You need to wait for evidence. Unlike the October seven attacks where we can tell exactly that Hamas went, we know, we have all the evidence to know for sure that Hamas went into Israel to keep with the purpose of killing civilians. We know that. But if you want to condemn IDF's attacks in Gaza, first of all, you have to accept that an attack on Gaza had to take place. You have to be honest and acknowledge that. There is no other way. Israel had to react. For the sake of deterrence, because if your country is attacked and you don't react strongly, you are not advertising the fact that you have the power to show to deterrence, to, to, to advertise that you have deterring powers. And that will open the door to other people attacking your country and kill more civilians. You are, if Israel, Israel was shown to be very, very weak when Hamas attacked Israel, every it was shown to the Arab worlds and and the Islamic Republic of Iran, the Arab countries, many many hundreds of millions of Muslims in Arab countries and in uh, Iran that Israel is weak and maybe it's now the time to just go in and finish the job. So it's the responsibility of every government that when it's uh, to its own civilians. That when a, another country, another foreign uh, country attacks it, another foreign group or terrorist organization or a country attacks it, it's a responsibility of the government to react and react strongly, to show that I'm not weak, to show that I can respond, to show that if you hit me, you will get hit back. 
that, that there will be severe consequences. If you don't do that, you're basically advertising to every, all your other enemies that it's now the time to attack me because I'm weak. Remember when, when Israel um, attacked Lebanon and a lot of people say that, oh, Israel lost that war and Hezbollah won that war. But Nasrallah himself, the leader of Hezbollah, came out later and said that if we knew Israel would respond this strongly to us, I would have never started that war. That shows that when you respond strongly, that's like when you attack, when you respond to an attack with another attack and it's strong and the, con the, the, conse the consequences are significant, that actually reduces war. It doesn't increase war, it reduces war because you're showing, you're signaling to everybody what happens if you attack me. So it prevents future wars, especially at the time where Hezbollah might have stepped in. So remember when Hamas attacked Israel, Hezbollah and also the Islamic Republic of Iran were considering stepping in and supporting Hamas. So Israel had to respond with as much force as possible to show, don't think I'm weak. Like I know that I effed up here and I lowered my guard and that was, and but don't think that that's going to go without an answer. So Israel had no choice but to respond and respond strong. Again, I'm not saying everything that the Israeli army is doing in Gaza is justified. I'm sure you're going to find examples of certain scenarios that Israel did something that is not justified. But the, but the attack itself was justified. The fact that it had to respond in Gaza, that is justified. Every country needs to advertise its deterring power. And given that the attack on Gaza is, is justified, you have to understand that there is no way to do that attack without civilian casualties. The reason why there is no way to do that without civilian casualties is because Hamas makes it so. So these civilian casualties, the murderer of these civilians, including the children, is Hamas. Mainly Hamas. Let me see. Oh, yeah. So Musab Hassan Yusuf said, uh, so Prophet is saying, Musab Hassan Yusuf said the same thing, son of Hamas co founder. Exactly. Exactly. So if you don't trust me, just uh, listen to people who used to work within Hamas. Listen to people who know exactly, knew, know the ins and outs of Hamas. This is a person, the person that Apostle Prophet mentions. He has, he's the son of uh, one of the co founders of Hamas, and he's been in working within them. He's been. Uh, so he completely understands how Hamas operates and what their ideology is. They use the fact that they, a lot of people think that we just uh, say that Hamas uses human shield just to justify everything that Israel does. No, I'm sure if you investigate, you are going to find examples of things that IDF that ha has done wrong and we could condemn those. But you also have to accept, you also have to accept that Israel needed to respond in Gaza and needed to respond strongly. And even though they did everything, almost everything in their power, probably everything in their power, again, we have to wait for evidence, to reduce civilian casualties, there is no way to do such a thing without civilian casualties. It's an unfortunate, it's a tragic, every single civilian that is dying in Gaza is a tragic casualty. Just know where to, where to put the blame. Just understand where to put the blame. The blame is on Hamas. Let's continue.
terrific. So the people can will I, kill themselves on terrorists. Well, let me let me respond. <laughs> yes. Let me respond. We'll, yeah. we'll both, it's not your turn. You can both get into this. Here's my response to that. I've thought carefully about this. I'll be very honest about my own feelings. Oh. I have a real moral quandary about this because as a father, I, I hate these scenes of kids being killed in Gaza. It's horrific, right? We all know it's horrific. Well, are they a terrorist organisation, well, though? I'm, I'm about to explain to you what I think my position is. My position is after what happened on October the 7th, it was so barbaric, so disgusting. So you can kill children? Well, no, what you can do... That's exactly what terrorists let me, say, let by me the way. Answer your this, question. Is where this is not... A the framing of can you kill children is such a dishonest framing. You have to, again, you have, when you're attacked, you have to respond to avoid being attacked again. And your enemy is, tr is trying to put children in your way. They're using the children as a shield. You are forced to respond. The you cannot kill children, but the murderer of that children is Hamas. I don't this don't let them frame like don't let them frame it like that. Just say yeah, like yeah, you can't kill children. Why is Hamas killing those children by make turning them into human shields? But let me actually we got a super chat. Oh, I think Harris Sultan is here too. Guys, we have both Apostle Prophet and Harris Sultan in our live chat. This is amazing. So animation is saying somebody started a petition to bring Armin's social accounts back in India. Yeah, but guys, no, like focus on a petition in I'm trying to get uh, Rabbi Smalley on my channel, but Apostle Prophet said he's going to help with that. And also I want to get to Destiny to talk to him about... I was recently on Harris Sultan's channel, and I talked to Harris Sultan. That's, uh, it's a very um, good stream. Go watch that guy. Uh, go watch that uh, stream that I did with Harris Sultan um, about Iran-Israel relationships and why so many Iranians support Israel. I want to go do that on Destiny as well. So because Destiny was looking for somebody that is uh, that has a good good understanding about the relationship between Iranians and Israelis. So please go tell Destiny to pick me. And also, what was the other thing? Yeah, there's a third thing that. Oh, Apostle Prophet also said that he's going to bring me on his show to talk about Iran-Israel and why so many Israelis support why so many Iranians support Israel. So please, guys, like let's focus on these three. That would be really good for this channel. Um, oh, we got a super sticker from WG. Thank you so much, WG, from the, for the super sticker. Let me let me see what Harris Sultan is saying in the live chat. Harris Sultan is saying, uh, because they were worried, he might have listened. I don't know what that's the response to. Okay. So Apostle Prophet saying, Harris Sultan is copying me. He, he is here because I came here. Yes, Harris, why are you doing everything that Apostle Prophet does? Be original. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. Hang on, exactly hang on. This is someone hang else on. becoming but the host you, you of the show. You put it down. And now interviews you. I, th I thought we were being interviewed. You're not here to interview him. Don't make him lose control of his own show. You do this all the time. It will not. Look, exactly. Rabbi, again, I don't like what Piers Morgan is doing here. Muhammad Hijab is trying to steal the show. He's trying to make this between um, Piers Morgan and Muhammad Hijab, but he's supposed to be talking to the rabbi. He's completely sidestepping him, and the rabbi is complaining, and he's right. And I don't understand why Piers Morgan is letting Muhammad Hijab do this right now. You're supposed to be talking to the rabbi. This is very, this is very disrespectful to the rabbi here, and I don't understand because you invited him here. You invited the rabbi here to come and talk to Muhammad Hijab. 
Why are you having a debate with Muhammad Hijab? Why are you ignoring your guests? This was very disrespectful, and I don't know, not understand why Piers Morgan did this. Look, Piers Morgan is saying, let me answer your question. Why are you doing this? If you want to answer Muhammad Hijab's question, have another show where you're talking to him. Don't ignore the rabbi. The rabbi is here to talk to him. Interviewing the interviewer and be respectful. And be respectful. Let me respond. Sorry, it's not so bad. No. Why not? I do not believe... Piers Morgan just fought, but just because Muhammad Hijab is just like repeating himself, ignoring the rabbi, and he just asked a question, Piers Morgan just fell fell for it. And now he's answering Muhammad Hijab. But if, Piers, if I was Piers Morgan, he's like, hey, you're debating this guy. Let him answer it. Like, rabbi, you answer this question. Like, you be respectful to my guest here, Muhammad Hijab. So, they kill civilians for political You have objectives. to let me answer. Go ahead. Okay. Here's my look at this is I don't understand. This is so weak by Piers Morgan. He's a, he's like, go ahead. Like, who are you? Uh, is this your show? He's like, you have to let me. Oh, Muhammad Hijab, please let me answer. Muhammad Hijab, go ahead. Like, whose show is this? Is this is this uncensored with Muhammad Hijab? He decides who speaks at what time. This is so pathetic and weak by Piers Morgan. Control your guests. You should be able to talk when you want. It shouldn't be based on what Muhammad Hijab says. Like, oh, go ahead and look at look at look at the body language. Like, my, Piers Morgan, like, well, you have to let me answer. I'm Muhammad Hijab. Go ahead, and then he leaves back. Like, you're now Piers Morgan. You're now speaking because Muhammad Hijab is letting you to speak. Great job, my Piers Morgan. He stole your show. He, it's his show now. I do not believe so. They I'm kill not... civilians for political. You have objectives. to let me answer. Go ahead. Okay. Here's my answer to that. When Hamas did what they did, two things. One, Hamas knew exactly what Israel's response would be. They knew they would come incredibly hard back. I don't absolve them. them. When shut up! Shut the hell! Shut, shut up! He's speaking! Oh my God, somebody should... You know, if I was Piers Morgan, like, if you interrupt me one more time, I'm going to kick you out of the show, you're, and you're never going to be invited here again. You have to let me speak. You, this is my show. You sh I'm speaking, shut the hell up. And don't be disrespectful to my guests. That's how I would moderate this show. Israel's response would be, they knew they would come incredibly hard. Back I don't absolve them. Wait, wait a minute, I'm not absolving anybody. I'm, I'm, not, just... absol I'm not absolving them. Yeah. Okay. I'm saying the West Bank is West I know, Hamas. I know. West Hamas. Let me, you have to let me answer you. You have 44 children killed like this in the West to, Bank. Is this is a this is not a conversation. This is a shouting match. This is this is, on, this is ridiculous. Wait a minute, rubbish. Let me just look. He like your guest is just sitting there. Your guest is just sitting there. You have limited time. Your guest is just sitting there, and you you two are talking to. You. If I was a here's what I would do. If I was a rabbi, like okay, you guys, am I just am I just a potato here? Okay, if you guys are just gonna have a conversation, you brought me here for a debate. I would just stand up. I'm like, if I was a rabbi, I would like, I, you guys could just talk. I would just, it seems like I'm used, you don't want to talk to me. I'll just leave. Just ask you quickly. Go ahead. I believe Israel has a right to defend itself from after that terror But attack. can they kill children? Wait a minute. Can they? Wait a minute. Shut the hell, shut up, shut up, shut the hell up. God damn it. Let him finish a fucking sentence. I was trying not to swear. Particularly after the Hamas spokesman only last week said that they want to do this again and again and again. That's an existential threat to Israel. Why don't they fight them man to man? Man to man. Fight them man to man. Why do they have to kill children? Wait a minute. Because, oh my God. He's such an idiot. First of, first of all, again, um, they are fighting man to man. Muhammad Hijab keeps acting like 
Israeli soldiers are cowards because they don't go in Gaza and fight to man to man, which is happening right now, Mohammed Hijab. Uh, also, it's a complete the. It, it would be criminal for the Israeli government to send the soldiers into Gaza before doing some aerial attacks beforehand, before neutralizing certain Hamas, um, you know, command spots and main. Uh, again, here's the thing: if the Gaza is very, very populated, uh, very uh, dense in population. And the buildings there, the way that the building, and it's very hard for you to understand who's a Hamas soldier and who's a civilian. And sending the soldiers in those alleys, in the streets, while Hamas soldiers could go from every from every single window and to just take out your the Israeli soldiers in an area that is completely, um, completely known to the Hamas soldiers, where there's tunnels underneath, the, you don't know in what building, who. And, and, imagine the situation. Imagine if I do no bombardments and I just send my soldiers in. That every single IDF soldier would be a sitting duck. It would be, I would just be sending my soldiers there to get slaughtered. Hamas is there. They are, you, they can identify who's an IDF soldier. The IDF soldiers cannot identify who's a Hamas until they touch a gun. Every single window behind you, in front of you, um, could somebody pop out and just take you out. Every area that you take, somebody could come from behind you from a tunnel and come up and just attack you from behind. It's, um, this is basically asymmetric warfare. All your military superiority will go out of the way because... The Hamas would have an advantage of knowing the area, knowing where the tunnels are, knowing in which house, in which window they have a soldier. The IDF would not know. Uh, the, the, the Hamas soldiers, the Hamas fighters will know who's an IDF soldier. The IDF soldiers will not know who's a Hamas soldier. The IDF soldiers will not know where the tunnels are. It will be. And remember, soldiers are mainly tra trained to fight war in, in open areas. Going going into alleys and into little streets and um, between buildings, that's something that police officers are mainly trained to do. It's not something that soldiers, it's, it's not an area where soldiers have the upper hand when it comes to uh, full-out war. So it's obvious that before sending your soldiers in, you need to do some aerial attacks. If you don't do that, you're basically being very irresponsible as a government to your own soldiers. You are basically sending your soldiers to die. You know how and how would you be able to maintain your military? How would you be able to keep having soldiers in your army if you're not doing anything to protect them? You would not have an army after that. If you tell if your military if your soldiers understand that you are not doing any aerial attacks and just sending your soldiers in the most in in a in a place where there every single one of them is a sitting dock and you're basically sending them to die one by one right after the other one and that's what that's exactly what Hamas wants why wouldn't your soldiers if 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 if, if the heads of your military are not doing their best to protect your soldiers you're not going to have remember Israel cannot force people to participate in war. 
there's not that much of a consequence for you to refuse. I know that because I have I have Israeli friends that actually refuse to even serve in the military. I mean, there are consequences, but they're not even that big of a consequences. If you see your military is on purpose sending you into a battle a battleground where each single each one of you could easily be taken out like that and not doing the minimum possible things, is is this is standard doing aerial attacks before you send your soldiers in is completely standard in military warfare in modern warfare is this is this is what everybody is supposed to do before you send in your soldiers so when muhammad hijab is asking why don't they do instead of doing these aerial bombardments why don't they just sell their soldiers there because that would be suicide that would be suicide that would be sending your soldiers there to die it's obvious that it's suicide it's ridiculous why would i do that why would I not do the minimum thing that I'm supposed to do uh, before myself sending my soul? You're forced to do that, or else you wouldn't even have an army left to defend the country. Um, and then we have a super chat by Sorgu is saying, this is why robots should replace human soldiers. Yeah, well, we're not even close to that point yet, but hopefully one day, yes. And then we have another super chat saying Mohijab is such a bully, so arrogant, does nothing to help his position. I mean, it. to be fair, though, though, it does help his position among his audience. Like, his audience love every second of this, and he know exactly how to play crowd. So you might think that, oh, my, you guys might hate this, but this is working wonders for Muhammad Hijab. His, he's getting more and more popular among many Muslims, and they loved every second. They loved this alpha uh, show that he's putting on. This is working. This is doing wonders for him. But let me Why also see Muhammad. Why? By the way, this the, the idea of this is unfair battle because Israeli has military superiority is also completely ridiculous. It's absolutely insane because why shouldn't you use your military superiority? Um, should you just uh, when your enemy it's it's almost as if say it's not they say it's not fair like oh my god um the Hamas soldiers they only have guns they have this they have that but they have you know Israeli could bomb people from the air and they have this technology this is not a fair battle why would it have to be a fair battle I mean the example I give is imagine if you have a dog coming for your family and you, you, a dog just entered, a wild rabbit dog has just entered your house and he, he, it just turned apart one of your children. And now it's going for your wife and your other children. And you have a gun and you could just take out the, the dog before it kills the rest of your family. Um, but it's not fair, though. You have a gun. The dog doesn't have a gun. I mean, I know he's coming for your family, but let's be fair here. The dog doesn't have a gun. So what you should do is you could just shoot it right now and take get rid of it and save the rest of your family. But let's play fair and put the gun aside and just go bite. Go bite the dog. Okay, go get on your just to make this fight fair. Get on your hands and knees and just jump at the dog and just fight it the way it fights you. Try to try to like you know bite its neck or something and tear it apart. Okay, that would be fair. Just for the sake of fairness, I know your family. It's at stake here. I know your family. I know the dog might come for your family and kill them. But fairness is very important. So let's play fair. Yeah, D is saying was October seventh fair. 
yeah, I, it's, I wonder how these people don't mention this as well. Like, exactly, the double standard here. Uh, when when Hamas was killing civilians in, in Israel, they weren't like, well, we have guns. They don't have guns. Maybe we should, like, give them guns and let them defend themselves before we kill them. So the issue of fairness doesn't come up when Hamas was attacking uh, innocent civilians in Israel. That's a very fair point. Okay, let's continue. Hey, let me answer of you. Of a ratio of 100 to 1, by let the way. Let me answer you. 100 to 1 ratio. Let me answer you. Go ahead. Otherwise, it's pointless. Go ahead. So, I agree. The, instead of begging, Piers Morgan, here's a, here's a tip for people who are moderating a debate like this. Instead of like, let me answer you. Please let me answer you. And then Mohammed is like, go ahead. Like, okay, go ahead. I will, I will show mercy on you. I will let you speak, Piers Morgan. This is my show now. He should go like this. Is Muhammad Ajab should go to Piers Morgan? This is my show, okay? Like, look at it, Piers Morgan. Like, let me speak. You have to let me speak. And Muhammad Ajab like, okay, go ahead. Piers Morgan, instead of doing that, say like, if you interrupt me one more time, I'm ending this debate. That's what. You, this is how you should speak, Piers Morgan. This is your show. Like, it, you have to let me speak. If you do this one more time, I'm kicking you out of here. That's how you. That's how you speak to somebody who's constantly interrupting you. Hundred to one ratio. Let me answer you. Go ahead. Otherwise, it's... let me. Why are you begging him to let him to let you answer Point you? Clips. Oh my Go god. Ahead. So, I agree that Israel must defend itself. I agree they have to get rid of Hamas because Hamas is wedded to an ideology of existentially removing is Israel. Is this acceptable? Wait a minute. I'm coming to your is answer. Is this acceptable? I'm coming to your answer. This is not. This is not. This is not. No, no. This, wait, this is not. Look at him. He's not even patient. Like, look, look. He he acts like he's the moderator. Like, answer me. Oh, this is not. Oh, I, um, I, you know what my message up should do now? My message up like, you're not answering my question. How about you get out of here, Piers Morgan? Like, look. He acts disappointed, as if as if Piers Morgan has to answer him. Why is he? Why is Piers Morgan letting him do that? This is embarrassing. Look. Agree that Israel must defend itself. I agree they have to get rid of Hamas because Hamas is wedded to an ideology of existentially removing Israel. Is this Israel. acceptable? Wait a minute. I'm coming to your answer. Is this answer. acceptable? I'm coming to your answer. This is not, this is not. This is, no, this no, is, wait, this is not. Look, uh, he says unbelievable. He owns the show now. It's like, oh my God, you're not answering my question. This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. You're, who's questioning who? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Listen, I came all the way from Rabbi, the United States to this debate, let me finish. and he will not let anyone let me, else speak. And if that's finish. how these Slow shows work, guys, no, no, no. Guys, you are rude, you guys, are bullying, you just Smith, are trying to interrupt people. I'm going to have a chance to speak, yes, or gonna, there's no point in doing this show. Rabbi he Smith, did this last time, and you allowed him to, Rabbi but Smith, I won't allow him to, because I will never be bullied by a bully. Let me be clear. Wait a minute. No one's allowing me to answer your question. But you have to, look, he's saying, go ahead again. There, oh what is this? Look, Piers Morgan, why are you speaking? What about your guests? He's here to debate. He's like, let me, I want, no one's allowing me to answer. Like, he's crying. Piers Morgan is crying. Like, nobody's letting me speak. Are you not the moderator here? No one, wait a minute. No one's allowing me to answer your question. Sure, and Nobody should be allowing you. This is your show. You should take control. And look, Mohammed is like, go ahead. Like, okay, I'll allow you. Again, this right. I believe Israel has a right to defend itself. Okay, I agree that they need to get rid of Hamas. In this are, way, are in this way, shut up. Oh my god, shut the hell up. Let him get to his point at least. Well, here's the quandary for me morally, right? Why here's is it a quandary though? I'll tell you why. With Hamas, it's not a quandary. I'll but tell you why. Because in war, in war, when you declare war as Britain did with the Nazis, 100 to 1 ratio. No, no, 100 to 1. There are.
Shut up! Oh my God! What Piers Morgan so pathetic, so weak. There are a far higher number of children in Gaza, proportionate to population, than almost anywhere in the P world. Piers. So when yeah, yeah, exactly. It's half of the people there are children. Okay, here's the thing: people who say like so many civilians are dying, they act like the the people who are defending Israel don't see that as a tragedy. It's obviously every single one of those civilians dying. It's a tragedy. Here's the question. Here's the question to people who are saying like, "Oh, this is how you defend yourself." How should they defend themselves? Tell us. How should they defend themselves? They need to respond in Gaza. They obviously have to respond in Gaza. Half of the people there are children. Hamas has made it impossible for you to be able to respond without civilian casualties. So if this is, if you are saying no civilians, any, if you're saying any sign of civilians dying means that Israel shouldn't have been doing what they're doing, then you are saying that Israel should not respond at all. Because there is no way to respond without civilian casualties. Because in any way Israel were responding, you will have pictures of their children like that. If Israel responds in any way, you will have pictures of their children. So if you're saying that, oh, pictures of their children means that Israel has committed a crime here, that means the only way that you would find it, the only response that you would find acceptable would be no response at all. You are saying that people should be able to come to Israel and slaughter Jews without any response from Israel. That's, that's what you're saying. You are saying Israel should just let Muslims slaughter Jews. That's what you're saying. That's exactly what you're saying. There's no way around it. There's no other interpretation of what Muhammad Hijab is saying. Yeah, Sina is saying, big, loud man, strong, much, much. Oh, very right. Exactly. Let's continue. When they go after him, give me a chance. Very sadly, Muhammad, let me finish. No, no, no. Very sadly. You are the one who insisted on equal time. I never did. I will respect you. I will come to you literally in 30 seconds. In 30 seconds, I'll come to you. He's going to come to you after. Let me finish, please. I am in charge here, Muhammad. So, my final point on this is unfortunately, in war, civilians. 100 to 1 ratio. 100 to 1. Look, one sentence, Muhammad Hijab. Can you let the man finish one sentence? God damn it, this man is unbelievable. This is not a debate. This is just a ma ma shouting match. God. Final point on this is, unfortunately... It's like 100 to 1 ratio. By the way, this whole argument of 100 to 1 ratio is, is such a ridiculous argument. You, it's as if the... You're doing, they just count uh, the, the number of dead bodies as if that is the way to come up with an analysis on whether you have to, whether the response is justified or not. Uh, and what they don't consider is the how much the deterring factor is saving lives. So the number of people that they're not counting here is the wars that are being avoided because Israel is advertising the ability for it to show its deterring power and the lives, because here's the thing, 
this whole region could go into war. When Israel is demonstrated to be weak, there are hundreds of millions of Muslims around Israel that will want to enter this war. And the Islamic Republic of Iran, Hezbollah, Hamas, Islamic Jihad, and many, many Qatar-Bah Hezbollah, many the Houthis, many other people will enter this war. This will become a region-wide conflict. And way, way, way more people will die. Multiple countries will be involved in this battle. We will have uh, Lebanon, Iran, uh, Yemen, um, even people from Iraq, um, even many people from Egypt that are not, you know, um, military units that are not part of the state. People will be coming from Jordan everywhere. And then on the other side, you will have Israel, you will have United States. And even people, you, you will have an uprising in Saudi Arabia against the government. You could have an Islamic revolution like what we had in 1979 in Iran. The whole region will go on fire. So many more people will die. So many more people will die. So if you're doing a 100 to 1 ratio, you have, what you're not counting is the number of people who would die if this entire region goes into conflict. If Israel is not successful at showing that I am strong, if when I get hit, I can respond. Remember, Hezbollah didn't enter this battle. Hezbollah knows that it will get hit. There will be major consequences if it enters this battle. That is what I'm referring to in deterring power. Imagine if Hezbollah didn't had that in his calculation and did enter this battle. The whole region will go on fire. You will have way more civilian death than what you're seeing right now. That's why Israel is forced to respond. That is why Israel is forced to show that it has deterring capability. So just remember, when they say 100 to, 100 to 1, just remember the 101 ratio will be the other way around if Israel was not responding to this attack. Okay, let's continue. In war, civilians 100 get to killed. 100 to 1 ratio. 100 to 1 ratio. Yes. 100 to 1 ratio. Yes, they get killed. No, no, not 100 to 1 ratio. It's not civilians acceptable ratio. Civilians get killed. Uh, Piers, listen. Much really, in you come. You know, you know, Piers, can I say respectfully, and I mean this as no insult, I'm amazed that you're intimidated by this man. I feel, yeah, I feel, well, with all due respect, if I, if, I, if I can speak, he, he if, I can speak if I can speak, if I can speak, I can speak. I wouldn't bring I him back if, if I, I can, can, if I can speak, exactly. if I can speak. Look, look, Muhammad Hijab is basically uh, tickling Piers Morgan's balls as a way to get Piers Morgan on his side. So uh, the rabbi is telling uh, Piers Morgan that you are not letting me speak. You have me on here on your show. Uh, to debate this guy, and you two are just talking to each other, and you're just not letting me participate. Uh, and so he says, you're letting him intimidate you. And Muhammad Hijab takes advantage of this opportunity, like, no, he's not intimidated by me. Why is he uh, inviting me a second time? And Piers Morgan, like, yes, yes, he's right. I'm not. Why would I? Why would I invite him a second time? So it's just a love fest right now between Piers Morgan and Muhammad Hijab. Muhammad Hijab said that to show that look, this this rabbi is against you. I'm on your side, Piers Morgan. So it's us. So now making a. A uh, stronger case for is like two against one. It's like basically Piers, Piers Morgan and Muhammad Hijab together 
I'm completely ignoring the rabbi. You see the compliment that he just threw at towards Piers Morgan, and Piers Morgan just received it. If I can speak, I wouldn't bring him back. If I can speak, look, exactly. Piers Morgan just repeated what Muhammad Ajab said. He took the compliment and repeated it back. So it's just like completely alienating the rabbi here. By the way, we just got a super chat by All Colors. All Colors just gave us a super chat saying, the big issue is that their main goal is to attack us and the West answer would be catastrophic. Exactly. Right? The big issue is that their main goal is to attack us. Yeah, actually, here's another thing. Um, please take into account that Hamas, even during this attack, has made it clear many times that it will do October 7th again, again, and again, over again, right? So that means that um, Israel has to respond. Israel, so you're saying, so first of all, it's not a 100 to 1 ratio, right? But even if it was, um, actually 1,400 people so far died in Israel. And so far in Gaza, I don't know exactly what the number is, but I think the ratio is more, I think it's 15,000. I don't trust these numbers because these numbers come from Hamas. But let's say it was. The ratio is more more like 10 to 1. But Hamas is an organization that has made it very clear that it will repeat that attack over and over again. So what you are not counting is the number of casualties that Israel would have if Hamas continues. Because they said they would repeat the attack. And again, so there's two. So remember, when people give these ratios, the 10 to 1 ratio, uh, what you have to take into account is the prevention of future death by Hamas. That's that is not being counted, and the prevention of future death if the, it becomes a regional conflict, and if if uh, the Islamic Republic of Iran enters and Hezbollah enters the battle. So that's what people are not counting. So remember, every time you see somebody saying like, "Oh my God, yeah, they killed." Uh, 1,400, 1,500 people, but Israel is now killing 15,000 civilians, remind them of what is being prevented. The number, they should also put that into their calculation. Let's continue. I can speak. In the and first, he raises the a first, very valid first, question, no, by the he, way. no, he does not, because I have, I have, before he did this debate, he went on X on Twitter and said, I'm only doing it if there's equal time. And then he is violating that. I never asked for equal time. I just want to be heard, but he won't even let me be heard. Let me explain something to you. You said in a, in a video the other day, and you can look me in the eye, you said that Jews are look now you. trembling. I Muhammad, I am I not, no, 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 don't interrupt me. I, I am not I trembling. It's all, on I my, it's all my Instagram page. Don't now, don't you see this yarmulke? It means that I represent something. I'm an ambassador. See, like, Muhammad Hijab is very um, good at changing the discussion, right? So, and, and the, the rabbi is falling in a trap as well. So now the conversation is going to be about whether I said something or not, or did not say something. So whatever point that the rabbi was trying to get at is now going to be completely ignored. So there was a sentence started. He's trying to get to the end of the sentence to make a conclusion. But before you get to the conclusion, Muhammad Hijab comes and questions a part of this, a part of the premise. Uh, of his analysis, and you never now you're not going to even hear the conclusion, or when you hear the conclusion, you are it's going to be very hard for you to even understand how do we got to this how how we got to this conclusion because you're going to start a question you're going to start an entire discussion about 
whether a, a, a small part of this premise was accurate or not. So this is very, you know, Muhammad Hijab knows what he's doing. And this is now, you know, the point, the rabbi's point is completely forgotten. Did he say that or did he not say that? Let's go analyze that instead. You're an ambassador of Islam. You are talking about a religion that started the world's first universities, educated women. Fatima (laughs) started the first fierce university in the in the ninth century in Fez, Morocco. Irrelevant. Now we have a man who says that he's a representative of Islam. He's meant to be speaking to you. He goes to speaker's corner. He speaks about whether five-year-old girls are old enough for sex. He says that gay men ha- are dying of well, AIDS as a, as a punishment from God. No, and I'm sorry I've to say this that. to the, to the listener. Well, first of all, he did say that, but he's saying, what does any of this have to do with the topic of discussion? Which is funny that he says that because later on, Muhammad Hijab himself brings to the discussion the topic of vibrators, lubricants, and his the rabbi's daughter selling sex toys. So if, I mean, if this has nothing to do with this the discussion, then Muhammad Hijab, why would you bring all of that into the discussion? By the way, we got another super chat from All Color saying France is already testing nuclear missiles. I don't know what this is referring to, but okay. Um, and also, uh, Yus- I wanted to highlight this com- a comment. Yusuf is saying every atheist I know supports Palestinians. Uh, right and against Israel. You're such a shame. Uh, look at the binary. Uh, this is a false dichotomy. I, I support Palestinian rights. This, it, it, look how people think in black and white. They think because I support Israel, I don't support Palestinians. Th- this is the they they. This is an absolutist mindset. This is how and a collectivist mindset. So. Against Israel, against Israel as a country, like you're against Israel existing as a country. What do you mean against Israel? Israel is many, many different things with many different people. You you are against all Israelis. Are you against Israel existing? So no, I'm not against Israel, but I'm also not against Palestine. I want the best for both Israel and Palestine. I mean, it's the most humanist thing to do, to be in favor of people, including people in Israel and Palestine. So... Um, I don't know what other atheists are saying, but I prefer to be pro-people, and there are people in Israel, and there are people in Palestine, so I'm rooting for them both. Uh, if you don't like that, you could go fuck off. I don't, I don't care. Um, okay, let's continue. That. that blood is gushing from their backsides. Right. They're script? better off. The, you know what Where's, it is? Because that. you never are desecrating a great right, religion. Right, right, right. Now let me tell you no, why. No. Let me tell you why. I mean, I don't. I don't like how this rabbi is trying to show that oh, Muhammad Hijab is desecrating a great world religion. This is not an angle that is going to help. I, I know he's trying to um, appease all these um, Arab leaders. But I don't, you don't have to, I don't know, I don't know. I, I, it's just disgusting because you're talking about a religion that is very, very anti-Jewish and very anti-Semitic and you're calling it as a rabbi that is trying to defend Jewish people. You're endorsing this Islamic religion. I just think, I just feel achy. Why it appeal? Why, right. why it's here? Because he will Bring defend Hamas. Bring it back to Ham- the debate. I will. I will. Yeah, back to he will defend Hamas' butchery, running away. savagery. Running away. He- Look, look, you're running away. You're, you know, he doesn't let him speak. Muhammad Hijab, you were also 
sidestepped the questions and said irrelevant things that had nothing to do with the question at hand. And now the rabbi is speaking, and you're not even letting him speak. He will defend Hamas's butchery, away. savagery. Away. He doesn't care that Hamas is, is an abomination to Islam because, away. because Islam, he hasn't the, done the that. children in Gaza are Look how Piers Morgan is defending Muhammad Hijab. Oh my God, it's, what the hell are you doing, Piers Morgan? He doesn't care that Hamas is, is an abomination to Islam because... How is he running away? This is exactly, he's not running away. He's talking about Hamas. This is specifically how the question started. He's talking about Hamas. He's not running away. He's, he's trying to make a point. Running away. Because Islam, but he hasn't the, done the that. children in Gaza are dying because Hamas yes. uses... He has done that, Piers Morgan. You haven't noticed that he has done that. He has done that. Them ...as bulletproof vests. Okay. The United States and France okay. and England said yesterday that the Al-Shifa hospital is a military base. Okay. That's a tiny veneer. Okay, so first of all, um, the, uh, that's, a, that's a problem. Okay, let me now criticize the Israel uh, military because when... Back on my Persian show, when people were saying Al-Shifa was a military base, I uh, challenged that. I was like, we can't say that right now. That's a claim, right? That's a claim. We have to wait for evidence. And I'm so glad that I did that because now we're seeing that it's that claim is being, it's questionable, right? Now that Al-Shifa hospital, this is, this is why you have whatever side you're on. I, I suggest you be on both sides, on side of people, but whatever uh, side you are on wait for evidence see again i am such i am very very much in favor of supporting israel but when people were saying that there is a military base under al-shifa hospital i didn't jump on that i was like i mentioned on my show that we don't know for sure if this is the case i don't i don't dispute the fact that hamas uses uh, human shield as a way to defend itself like the fact that Hamas uses uh, civilians as a way to protect its combatants. That is undisputed. That is like we have plenty of evidence for that. that. We know they do that. But specifically, and the fact that they use hospitals also as a way to protect themselves. Um, I don't. I don't dispute the fact that uh, ha, you know uh, that Hamas uses uh, mil uh, hospitals for military operations. I know we have enough evidence for that for sure. But the specific claim that there's a military base under Al-Shifa Hospital, we did not have, that was just a claim. And now, based on, because the, the IDF has uh, captured the uh, Al-Shifa Shifa Hospital, um, we, we're not seeing anything that remotely resembles a military center for Hamas. So there needs to be a, a lot of pressure on IDF on why they said such a thing if they didn't have the intelligence for it. So again, um, I uh, remember. So be careful when you are supporting Israel. Don't be black and white about it. Obviously, the IDF uh, is going to make mistakes, and there needs to be a high standard. There needs to be. I support Israel, but I also support the the international pressure that exists on Israel's military to have a high standard when it comes to how it does warfare. But I support both of them. I support Israel. I support Israel's right to defend itself, but I also support the international pressure that exists on Israel 
to have a high standard, right? And you could be part of that pressure. It's a tiny veneer of, emer of emergency rooms. Okay. Oh, a minute. But the, underneath all of it is a military base. Yeah, a minute. And let me Just tell you speak. something. If it's true that any of these countries care about the Muslims in Gaza because they believe what he's saying that Israel's killing them, this is a map of all the countries that took place last week in, in Riyadh to save the Palestinians of Gaza from Israel. Do you know how many? That's Israel, a tiny thing. You know how many of them took in even one Palestinian from Gaza? Zero, nothing. All right. Look at that let map. Me, let because me, they so want to, pointing, so the Arabs want pointing. to see, right, no, I'm pointing, 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 the Arabs want to see Hamas. Don't intimidate me. Don't bully me. Don't intimidate me. I'm not afraid I've got a better ask questions. It's a debate. Let's come back. Let me ask you one specific question which he raised, which I don't think actually is your belief. I don't think you have defended what Hamas did on October the 7th. Yeah, I haven't. I think you share our Are they evil? Unless I'm wrong. Are they evil? Are they evil? Are they evil? You have to speak to the rabbi. The rabbi. You should be speaking to the rabbi, you idiot. Okay. That's a good question. The rabbi is asking a good question. This is what Piers Morgan should be asking. The rabbi is saying, are they evil? Would you say they are evil? Would you say Hamas is evil? You're now doing what you accuse him of doing. So let me ask you, what is your view of Hamas post-October 7th? By the way, um, I don't understand what okay. you're doing. Stop so speaking. Let me ask you, what is your view of Hamas post-October 7th? I think that they, just like anybody else, have to be examined, have to, have, have to look at all so the... What's your opinion? See, exactly, exactly. He doesn't want to condemn Hamas. This is how he, ha he can have his cake and eat it too, right? His audience would hate the fact, who would hate him if he condemns Hamas. But he also understands that he cannot support Hamas or else he's going to be seen as a terrorist sympathizer. So he says that Hamas needs to be examined. But not, he, these are conspiracy theorists, right? These are loony. Uh, they're idiots. They, I mean, their audience uh, questions all the evidence that we have on, on what happened on October 7th. Uh, a lot of these Hamas sympathizers, they question it. They're like, oh, uh, Israel is lying. Israel, that none of that happened, right? So because he knows the people who support Hamas question what happened on October 7th, instead of saying that I condemn Hamas, he's like, well, if if they did what they did, then that should be condemned. So that will make him safe for his audience because his audience were like, well, he didn't condemn Hamas because obviously Hamas didn't do didn't do those things. Even though Hamas comes and takes credit for it, they say like, no, no, there's no evidence for that, right? So it's amazing because, and Piers Morgan doesn't understand that that's what's happening here. His audience will be like, he didn't condemn Hamas, but it looks like he's condemning Hamas to, to Piers Morgan. Yeah, I think that, if, look, here's my opinion. Let me be straightforward about this, right? Anybody who kills civilians, anybody, whether it's the IDF, I'm consistent in this manner. If, if, if it's proven with un, beyond reasonable doubt. See, this is, this is the trick. It's if, if it's proven beyond reasonable doubt. But they question. They say that it hasn't been proven beyond reasonable doubt that Hamas did those things in, in October 7th. So, again, Piers Morgan is now going to think that he's condemning Hamas, but he isn't. That these people have killed civilians in both of our faith traditions in Islam and Judaism, in the Quran is mentioned, in the Prophet, he said it himself, you cannot kill a woman, you yes. cannot kill a child. I condemn them. I condemn them. That's why I do. Straight
You cannot kill a child in Islam, but you can sell them into slavery. You can sell them into slavery like your prophet did. Away, whether he's Muslim, whether he's non-Muslim, whether he's Christian or anybody else. I've already said that. So I'm not being inconsistent here. My question is, if that is... And also, by the way, the definition of a child in Islam, when Muhammad was killing the Jewish people, the captive Jewish people, when he was deciding whether or not they are children... Uh, they will pull down their pants and and see if they have pubic hair. If they have pubic hair, they will execute them because they will be considered adults. And if they didn't have pubic hair, they will sell them into slavery because they will be considered children. Right. So remember what the definition of a child here is, because m many boys get their pubic hair by age twelve or thirteen. I don't know exactly what age, but like we will consider them children. So that's their definition of children. So based on that Islamic standard, what we consider a child today, a lot of them will be executed. It's exactly the barometer. Again, I'm not making this stuff up. This is what Muhammad did. When Muhammad was, uh, kept, got all those Jewish, uh, the entire Jewish tribe, when Muhammad decided, to, the Banu Gharazah tribe that Muhammad had captive, when he was deciding whether or not to kill the boys, or not kill the boys, or to sell them to slavery, on that day, he killed between 700 to 900 uh, male uh, Jews were killed. The ones who weren't, the boys who weren't killed uh, is because they had no pubic hair. That's the, that was the standard. I, this, is, is, this is Islamic scripture. This is in Islamic surah. I'm not making this stuff up. You could go check it out. Uh, we got a super chat. From Sorgu, Sorgu is saying, okay, but didn't they know, but didn't they show tunnel under Al-Shifa? Might not be a base, but it's certainly used for something. Um, IDF, afraid to open the blast door because could be a trap. Yes, I'm not saying that it's definitely right now that Israel was wrong. Um, but I'm saying it's, that's why I was, I was careful with my wording. I'm saying it's more questionable than before. That tunnel that you're referring to was found outside of the hospital, so with a, a quite a bit of a distance from it. So there's no tunnel so far from inside the hospital going uh, within a network under the hospital. And it just seems much less sophisticated than the imagery that the IDF released. Again, if that tunnel, eventually they go in and they go and we see that network of tunnels under that they showed us in the animation that the IDF made, we were like, okay, now we believe you. Okay, you're right. Um, but if they don't do that, even though it's true, like, yes, there are tunnels, there might be tunnels under the um, hospital, and we, we could verify that and say that it's true. But the claim, the claim was that this is a command center. center. And if you go look at the videos they released us, it, it seemed like they have a major command center with... A, very sophisticated command center with a lot of ammunition and everything under there. If it's anything less than that, I'm not saying that we should be like, oh, okay, so there was nothing. We could acknowledge that there was something, but we could also criticize the IDF that you oversold how significant of a deal Al-Shifa Hospital was to us. Also, now that they are in the hospital itself, the hospital itself doesn't seem to have as, as heavy of a military presence inside of it as they told us. So they found like, I don't know, a few guns and a laptop, not that big, not anything remotely compared, uh, close to what they had made us believe.
Again, this information can change in the coming days, but even before the question, we get the information, it's good to have the pressure because we won't get this information if we don't be like, well, where's the military unit? Where's the military center that you told us? And then maybe they come out and like, here it is. I'm like, okay, now we agree. But the pressure needs to be there. The pressure is valuable because again, you, you don't get higher standards um, of, you know, from a country unless you keep the pressure on. So the pressure is valuable. But again, thank you so much for the question. Um, did I read everything? All these super chats? Oh, no, there was another super chat that I didn't read from Sergo. Sergo is saying, is what Israel doing a genocide? No, a genocide requires intention to wipe out an entire ethnicity or a, a group of people, right? So the intentionality is so you don't just you don't define a genocide based on the number numbers of people who are being killed you could kill one person and it could be genocide and you could kill tens of thousands of people and for it not to be genocide i'm not saying it's okay to kill th tens of thousands of people but you could you could condemn it and it but it wouldn't technically be genocide if you kill one person because it's part of your plan to wipe out an entire population of people even though you killed only one person, that would be genocide because because of the intention. Your your intention is to wipe out, for example, an ethnicity. But you could kill ten thousand people because because of other reasons, and that would not be genocide. So again, a lot of people who are calling this genocide have no idea what they're talking about. Let me see. There's another super chat. Is it, did I read this one? France military tests are either to counter attack Gaza or Russia. I don't think anybody is doing, um, again, I don't know what you're saying is correct or not, but I don't think, because you're talking about nuclear testing, nobody is testing, I don't think anybody's going to do any anything with nuclear weapons in Gaza right now. But anyway, let's continue. So ...that we're using. If that's the moral reasoning that we're using, then we have to say, look, if you have a 100 to 1 ratio, and that's what it is, a 100 okay. to 1 ratio. And you know how I got this figure? I got this figure from the IDF themselves because they have reported okay, to them. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Where did No, where did you get this figure? 100 to 1? I don't understand. It's not a 100 to 1 ratio. It's 10 to 1 ratio right now. Does Hamas deserve to stay in power after what they did? I don't think we should have Hamas in power. What I think we should... Okay. No, let me so, tell you. So, so how we, should, do, we, how should have, we, we should have... The question should be, is Hamas evil? Is Hamas evil? That should be the question. Get rid of them. We should have a Palestinian authority with bigger armies. I think Rabbi, Rabbi, the Rabbi asked a better question. You know, Piers Morgan is not asking the better, the good questions. Okay. Here. And airports okay. with proper tanks and with uh, uh, airplanes like every country in you the world. You know what? You might be right. But Absolutely. They won't allow it. How do you get, rid of, allow do you get rid of Hamas? The Israelis won't allow that. That's nonsense. And again, Israel is not just one country when what with one opinion, with one policy. Israel has many different people, many different institutions, many different think tanks. Uh, many of them contradict each other. Many of them are against each other. If you say the Likud party and Netanyahu would not allow Palestine to be its own country, I would agree with you. I don't like, fuck Likud, fuck Netanyahu. I hate those guys. Okay, I hate the Likud party. And those are the two far-right parties that are now in the coalition of the government in Israel. I hate all of them. They're fascists, okay? Yes. Um, but you can't say Israel wouldn't allow that. There are many people in Israel who want that. There are many institutions in Israel who are fighting for that. They want Palestine to be a country. So why are you condemning the entirety of Israel? I mean, they don't... It, 
like, for example, when we talk about Hamas, we don't condemn Palestine. We don't say Palestine is evil. We don't say Palestinians this, Palestinians that. We say Hamas. Because we don't generalize what Hamas is doing to all of Palestine. But you generalize the positions by Likud and Netanyahu to all of Israel. It's very unfair. What you don't do, I can tell you for a fact, is try and kill 30,000 of them with a 100 to 1 ratio. Because if you do that, then you're committing genocide because you'd have to kill 3 million Palestinians. Rabbi Shmueli. But 30,000, how's 30,000 101 to 1 ratio? There, even if it's 30,000, that would be 20 to 1 ratio. Is this like, is he bad at math? If you do that, then you're committing genocide because you'd have to kill 3 million Palestinians. Rabbi Shmueli. Do you know we 3 million Palestinians, okay. Do you even know? I mean, if Israel wanted to kill all 3 million Palestinians, they could do that in a day. If they wanted to commit, if they wanted to commit genocide, they could just do it. They could do it in less than a day. They have nukes. They could wipe out all of Palestine it, immediately. They don't do it because they don't want to. Again, Palestinians are alive because the Israeli government doesn't want to kill all, all Palestinians. Israeli people are alive because Hamas can't kill all Israelis. Notice the difference. Palestinian, Palestinians are alive because the Israeli government doesn't want to kill all Palestinians. But Israelis are alive because Hamas can't kill all Israelis. That is the difference. That is an important difference. The definition of genocide. What I haven't said three million Palestinians. Rabbi Shmueli, do you know even do you even know the definition of genocide? What's I haven't said genocide. What's it? You just said it. No, what? I said. You no, just I said, said it. He just said genocide. He did just say he just he said genocide. I heard do it. You even, do you even know the definition of genocide? What's I haven't said genocide. What's it? You just said it. No, what? I said, you no, just I said, said it. if you. What is the definition of genocide? What's the definition? What I said if you do. You always claim to be an academic. You're always counting your Oxford credentials. What is the definition? All right. Genocide. Genocide. Genocide is where. Genocide is where. Yeah. Okay. But that's the big if. That's an if that they don't want to do. That's yeah. It is conditional. If yes, if they kill all Palestinians, that would be genocidal. I agree with Muhammad Hijab. Okay. Good thing they don't want to do that then. Who is as if I say like, hey, well, Muhammad Hijab. If you want to kill all Arabs, Muhammad Hijab. Well, no. Let's say if you want to kill all Kurdish people, Muhammad Hijab. That would be genocide. Okay. So what's the Okay, but he doesn't. Okay, but why did bring that even up? The Israelis don't want to kill all Palestinians. You target, you target an ethnicity for extinction, geno, ethnicity, side, murder. Yes, if you do it, yeah, if you kill three million Palestinians, are you genocide? If you kill three million Palestinians, are genocide? There are 1.8 million Muslims who live in total. Okay, that's a that's I'm gonna pick this part um, from next time. So. I will keep doing this, uh, analyzing this debate um, in the next episode and the episode after and the episode after. Let me know if you want me to continue analyzing this debate. I think it's very, I think going through it word by word like this is helpful. So if you want me to, if you want to see me continue doing this, please like this video so I see that there is a demand for it. So for me to continue, and I'm going to do reviewing a lot of other debates as well about this subject and um, from Islamic channels and other subjects from Islamic channels. Um, you know, from Muhammad Hijab, from Ali Dava, from Smile to Jannah, Daniel Hagaju, and all the other ones. So make sure you subscribe and hit the bell notification because I'm going to do a lot more of these streams going forward um and let me know in the comment section 
what other videos you want me to review and if you see any value in this because i want to know um I want to know if this is something that there's a demand for it. Also, if you're watching this on somewhere else, like on Facebook or on Twitter um, or on LinkedIn or anywhere else, come to the YouTube channel, the Atheist Republic YouTube channel, and watch it there because we're trying to grow our YouTube channel a little bit. Um, oh, so we got a super chat from Ben. Ben is saying, yes, continue. Thank you so much, Ben, for welcoming this. So, yes, um, I have a, I have to now go to uh, the Atheist Republic Persian show, Persian channel, which is called Jomhuriya Bihudayan. Um, so that's the reason why I have to stop this now because we have a show coming up on the Persian show. But by, by the way, guys, if for people who don't know, I also stream on uh, my ACH Republic's Persian show, which has an 80% viewership from Iran. So most of the people who watch my show um, on that other channel are from Iran. So that's why if anybody wants to have me on on their show to talk about Iranian issues or Iranian people's support for Israel or anything around the Middle East, please tell them to have me on. Please go tell them that I would be a good person to talk to because I, with my Persian channel, I'm very much in touch with the Iranian community, with Iranian activists. Um, I'm, so anything Iran-related or, or Islam-related, I would have a lot of detail, uh, details and information if they have me on their show. So let them know that I would be a valuable guest. Try to get me. And again, I'm going to go right now, open my DMs on my Twitter account. So if you want to connect me with anybody on Twitter, you could to to have a, to either have them on my show or for me to go, or better even yet, for me to go on their show, please uh, arrange that on Twitter. I need your help to get my get all these all of these messages out there more often. So please, please help me out with that. Oh, by the way, Nestrin just gave us a super chat. Um, thank you so much, Nestrin, saying, yes, Armin, continue. Well, thank you, guys. And yes, like the stream, everybody. All right, guys, I'm going to go. I have to get ready for my other Persian show. Thank you, everybody. We will continue. We'll pick it up where we left off uh, on the next show. Bye.